Welcome to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast. Here, we will be discussing things we fangirled over during our youth and reanalyzing them with an adult perspective. We are now in our early 20s and want to look back at some of our biggest fangirl obsessions. Here on Let's Call It Nothing, we will be hosting book talks, discussing popular genres and tropes found in teen books, movies, and TV, and, of course, our lifetime fangirl obsessions. And may or may not be drinking. (laughs) Just want to put it out there. Let's introduce ourselves. Peyton, Ooh. time for you. I guess I go first because I'm the baby of the group. <laughs> I'm the only one that's 23 right now. The other two are 24. Even though we sometimes forget we are 24. Yeah. I have no idea how old I am. <laughs> yeah, we, Caitlin's been trying to I'm between to the age of 22 and 25, and I will be for the next six years. <laughs> but my name's Peyton, if you didn't figure that out already. Um, I'm a college student. I'm definitely a super nerd. Uh, I like literature now. I didn't back then. I know, <laughs> like classical literature. I'm just like, yes, Disgusting. give me more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like manga and anime. I think I've already said that before. I would totally play D and D if I had anyone to play with me. <laughs> I would play you with know you. How to play that? Do you know like? No, I've read it. I've read the about episode it. Of oh yes, the episode of Community, Community is really what made me like. like I need to play I this. Need this. And I've asked around, and literally no one plays it in the <laughs> area. And if you can't tell, I'm a southern gal so in a small she's not southern lady i'm a little i'm a little bit of a southern bale um i don't know why i'm adding an accent on top of my accent but you know it's how it goes sometimes my accent (laughs) so small town nobody played dnd with me um (laughs) very sad and for current obsessions i am currently apparently as people have told me obsessed with 90 day fiance (laughs) And pretty much any kind of garbage I can find on TV. Who's your favorite or least favorite person on 90 Day Fiance? Oh, my God. Okay. Lita is the absolute worst. Um, She uh, tries to sabotage a 17-year-old stepdaughter. Yeah. (laughs) She's kind of awful. And then for her? (laughs) She's, like, really terrible. And yet I can't look away. It's like a car crash. That you know, yeah, yeah. I'm reality TV is. It's just a constant. (laughs) I think for my birthday, I made y'all watch. Yeah, (laughs) you you did. did. (laughs) It wasn't even episodes. It was like compilation videos, (laughs) (laughs) and we're like, okay. Where I was like, okay, I don't know who these people are or why I care. I mean, I had watched some of the most recent episodes by then, so I I felt like some of season two, maybe. It was even know. It's amazing, though. I highly recommend it if you like garbage. And I also, I don't have time because I've, I'm in college and I work a full-time job. I really don't have time to, like, read books like I want to. But I do like to read comics because it's, you know, short and quick. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, punch that out pretty 
fast. I miss the days of reading manga. Oh, yeah. It's pretty nice. Honestly, I'm pretty sure the last time I did that was in eighth grade when we first started talking about Vampire Night. Oh, Lord. Yeah. No, thank you. I've read so much manga. It's ridiculous. Uh, Rebuff, what... What? Tell me about yourself. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> I we've mean, never met before. We've never we met. We haven't known each other for 20 years. <laughs> Tell me about right? yourself. Definitely not known each other for 20 years. <laughs> I think like 19. I don't remember. Something like that. It's been a long time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as they said, I'm Reba. And um, I'm a graduate student right now. So I'm in the, in the school business with uh, Peyton here. You know, studying, mm-hmm. doing all that stuff all day long. But yeah, so been a nerdy fangirl for quite some time now oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that laugh right there (laughs) what you're imagining reba looks like oh thanks (laughs) i I can see where this is about to go you look like the sim my sister made the other day that's what you look like that was so weird i looked at her computer and i was like did you make reba and she was like no and i said that looks exactly like her that was really weird though when you showed that because it does look like yeah. it was exactly she like was just you. Like, I just made this character yeah. and it happens to be your best friend. Okay, <laughs> but I mean it's good because it's pretty awkward nerd. Just that's Reba. If you picture like the nerdy but really pretty girl like in every book, that's probably what like Reba is Bella Swan. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's jealous. That. Yeah, that's yeah. that's been compared a lot. And then of course most of the quizzes I've taken about characters, I end up as Bella Hermione. So <laughs> I'm like the mean girl or like the one. Though. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's not even your actual personality. It's just the if, one in your head. I want to be her <laughs> person. I like. I'm sorry. I'm making this about me, but Rugrats. I used to watch all the time. Oh, I loved Rugrats. And I loved Angelica. Angelica. <laughs> My mom was concerned how much I loved Angelica. You're like, she's gonna murder her brother or something. Then it makes sense that one of my favorite characters was Chucky. So <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect sense. Reba, what's your current obsession? Fangirl obsession right now. I know we talked about this, but yeah, tell the we podcast. we did off of this, but um, yeah. So the kind of the um novel anime, I guess you would call it, even though that's not the correct word, but the stuff surrounding the Untamed that's on Netflix I've been pretty obsessed with recently. And yeah, there's been some foray into reading fan fiction because of that. Oh my gosh. The fan fiction. There's some great writers out there for fan fiction. Oh, there really are. It's a talent. Yes. Like some people are better fan fiction writers than they will ever be like real writers. And it's not because they can't write. It's because they're so good at taking this world and kind of just making it their own. Yeah. Stay tuned for the Fifty Shades of Grey episode later in the season. We, yes. The hope <laughs> is to do a whole episode dedicated to fan fiction. I don't know if we're just going to do Twilight fan fiction or just fan fiction that has been published and has become its mm-hmm. own like novelty itself. Yeah. yeah. That is the goal in the future. But yeah, so, so excited. That's my current obsession. But I mean, uh, throughout the years since like I guess sixth grade at this point, there's been lots of like books and other media I've been super into. But <laughs> One Direction. Yeah. Oh dear lord, that was a phase. That phase didn't last as long for me as I thought it was going to. It lasted longer than the rest of us, though. We were just like, Reba, yeah, jeez, come on, they're they're about to break up anyway. Zane has been talking about Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell how old we are about this conversation. Yeah, right I know, right? Now. I mean, but yeah, there's like been, of course, different obsessions throughout the years, but yeah. 
That's just the current one. I think I partied too much to be into One Direction. You did. <laughs> when Nipsey Beautiful came out, though, and I was like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Honestly, I was just into it. Every time, I'm still, like, this song's still, like, okay, but every time I hear that, I'm just kind of like, I don't want to hear this again. Oh, I I was singing one of their songs, the, yeah, I see you with him. That, I was singing that song the other day, and I was like, man, that's a good song. Like it's yeah, One Direction. One of my friends I was talking to recently, she's she was like, "Yeah, I'm listening to One Direction." She's like, "They got some great songs," and I was like, "Yeah, they do. I just don't listen to any of them anymore." Yeah. So I'm Caitlin. Obviously, I really hate saying my name out loud because I'm like, "Is that my name?" <laughs> I think it is because no one calls me by my name because I'm a teacher, so I get called Miss my last name all the time. But, um, yes, that's what I do on the daily. When I'm not teaching, I'm watching something on Netflix, or lately I've been reading a lot, or I'm writing, I write a lot, or I'm just, like, watching YouTube and playing games on my phone, because that's mm-hmm. all I do, and just living in my own filth, because <laughs> I cannot keep my house clean. Uh, um, I wish I had to, time to force myself to read. Do you ever... I miss reading leisurely. I know. <laughs> If you ever uh, want to imagine what Caitlin is, it's the erratic hot mess <laughs> that finds love at the end. Of <laughs> I just haven't gotten to the end she of the story yet. She hasn't gotten to the end of the story. She's uh, at the only a quarter of the way there. I am a ball of anxiety constantly. <laughs> I mean, that's also me. I'm pretty sure I have social anxiety because every time I... Like, if someone starts talking about their own anxiety, I start crying. <laughs> because I'm like, that's me. That's how I feel. We all should, also should say Caitlin is a top six, and I'll point it out a lot. <laughs> Which is funny, because whenever I take those tests, I'm like, is that really me? Mm-hmm. But then I do something, and I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm a ball of anxiety. I watch a lot of TV. Um, I love musicals. Um, I know a lot of musicals, but I don't know a lot of musicals. You know, like you can never know too many. I can't more sing than a song from a bunch of musicals, but I can tell you the title of the song and like mm-hmm. who's in it, kind of what it's about. Maybe not what it's about. I didn't know. Um, is it Moulin Rouge? Is that what I'm yeah. thinking of? I didn't know it was a jukebox musical until like a month ago. So that tells you how much I actually know. I think I've actually watched Moulin Rouge and didn't realize that. But I was young at the time. I'm, I'm like, how can you not realize that? But I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, my current musical obsession is Bridgerton the musical, the TikTok musical, because I really enjoyed Bridgerton. I knew the second I clicked on the Netflix the day after Christmas, I was going to be obsessed. And these two girls are making a musical out of it, which means... I am obsessed. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure whenever this podcast episode comes out, it'll be like a huge thing. Like they will be on their way to Broadway because I think they're already on that road. But I'm singing those songs all the time. And that's my current obsession. And I've been reading a lot. I'm trying to finish um, Sarah J. Mass's books. And I'm also working on the Shadowhunter series because those books will never end. But I enjoy them. I don't read to educate myself. I read for pleasure. Yeah. I'm different in that way. I hate reading classics, which is why I was scoffing earlier. <laughs> I mean, the idea of reading them and like learning like and analyzing sounds great, like as a thought, but then actually doing it, I'm like, nah. I, I don't give a bleep. Mm. Like, I really don't care I if love. I never read a classic. 
ever I, again. <laughs> I love dissecting books and going but, but over. there's so much I, I know this is coming from me who's reading like these YA books, but there's so many things that I'm like, but what if it was this? What if it was this? That might also be the fact that like I write when I write it's YA and I want to like implement those themes and stuff and mm-hmm. those character arcs in my own writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to write a classic. So why do I need to read them? <laughs> Unless, like, I don't know how many years from now it becomes a classic. <laughs> oh, I can I can think of a few that will be that she's. I don't know what you're thinking <laughs> of because the long the longevity long how do you say that word longevity longevity of any of my novels it's not that intense and also like I feel like the worlds in my books I kind of like go whatever's popular in the moment mm-hmm. even though I know if I ever publish these things the likeliness of that thing being popular then is very low yeah which is why I like don't write vampire books anymore because it's not popular anymore and who knows when it's going to be popular again yeah it might be on the rise soon I'm Stay like, tuned. I think it I mean yeah. with midnight sun like coming back out like that could bring Things like that can bring back a rise of, mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. And I feel like um, at least the books, I say the books I read, but like me slowly getting back into the book community, fantasy has become yeah, fantasy such a bigger thing. And I enjoy writing that even though I can't world build worth. But <laughs> I can't. Whoever reads my writing, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. It's wonderful. Okay. So real quick, I want to talk about... How we became fangirls. Fangirls of anything. I would say myself, I grew up watching a lot of Disney Channel. I was obsessed with Lizzie McGuire. Um, I had a Hannah Montana thing for a little bit. I loved me some Cheetah Girls in High School Musical. I was that bitch, I gotta say. I'm a, I'm a musical queen. I mean, I was just shipping a lot of characters, you know, um, especially on the Disney Channel. Sonny and Chad from Sonny with a Chance were my ish i read fan fiction about them all the time so that's where i come from how about you peyton well i've always been obsessed with tv um when i was about five years old my first obsession i think was sailor moon oh yeah yeah so i definitely still have a love of anime and manga but I also really, really loved all of Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, and Nickelodeon, because I think that was like the renaissance of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was definitely the renaissance of our lifetimes, It's anyway. like the early yeah. 2000s. That's like the age, I feel. I mean, maybe it's because we grew up in the early 2000s, where mm-hmm. I feel like that was such an age for TV, for like kids and uh, teenagers and everything. Yes. I don't know. This was a lot more dark. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot more and dark themed things. I, and I got to say, like, written to that too. There, I mean, there were a lot of controversial things. And oh, I know no, that's not the topic right now. The topic <laughs> is what we fangirled over. But I think that really, you know, kind of influenced how we grow up and what we become obsessed with, you know? Yeah. What about you, you Reba? How did you become a fangirl? I mean, kind of like the same with Peyton and I, especially was like super into like all the cartoons on Cartoon Network. But then she brought up 
early manga and when she said Sailor Moon I immediately thought of Yu-Gi-Oh and how obsessed I was with it when I was oh like gosh. so yeah, young I, mean, I, I, I can't deal with y'all <laughs> I forgot how much I was into that show when I was younger and I bought cards and stuff but I absolutely had no idea how to play the game I don't think anybody <laughs> did at, at our age <laughs> <laughs> Here's a card. I don't know what to, I think I remember you having Yuku. Yeah. They were beautiful. Like, the art. It was beautiful. I had a, <laughs> pro- probably a good two or three inch stack of cards. So did you have them because you respected the art? Yeah, probably. That's sure. more. That's more that. I mean, it was that, but it was interesting because it was stuff to collect based off something I was super into. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that also segued into me like wa- liking the other cartoons on Cartoon Network. Like there's some I'm still obsessed with today. Like, Courage of the Cowardly Dog. Like, I absolutely mm-hmm. love that still. And it's funny that you say collect because I still see you as a collector. Oh, like, I am a collector. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... It's not it, hoarder status. I think <laughs> I'm more along the lines of hoarder status. But she's definitely like, this thing like, that I have right here. Like, when she buys something, it's like, oh, I have to have this. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is cute. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten better about that. I'm not as bad as I used to be. Yeah, I can <laughs> agree with that. <laughs> But, like, I... Well, there's other things to collect now, too. Like, mm-hmm. to fangirl over. Like, those Funko Pop figurines. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. a lot easier to collect and be like, oh, this is cool. Like, it mm-hmm. shows my appreciation for the things that I like. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, like, as a fangirl, I think with anything, I'm not, like, outwardly, like, I am obsessed with this. Like, maybe, like, back in high school, I used to have t-shirts and stuff. You remember, like, my Doctor Who t-shirts <laughs> mm-hmm. and stuff? But I'm... You don't just look at me and know, like... Oh, she is obsessed with this. Unless you know me, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. we all had the phase of where, like, oh my god, we're gonna wear these t-shirts because this is cool. And we want to show everyone we're super into this because mm-hmm. we all had Twilight t-shirts. I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> but and- mine was embarrassing because it was a movie t-shirt, and I was like, Christy, my mom, <laughs> why did you get too? this to what me? Did, what did ours say? Because we had matching ones, the black ones with the stuff. Yeah, it was a girly girl original one, and I cannot remember the whole saying on the back. I kept those for the longest time. Honestly, they might still be somewhere. Yeah, I definitely have mine still somewhere. No, I remember like wearing my Doctor Who shirts at school because I'd been watching Doctor Who since I was like nine. Mm -hmm. And there's these people, you know, like the nerdy boys that are like, why are you wearing a Doctor Who shirt? And in the past few years, I feel like Doctor Who became so popular. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, y'all, I was there back in like 2007. Calm down. You got me on Doctor Who. It's not even good anymore. Come calm down it's so complicated now yeah. that's what i remember like us being in elementary school when you talking about doctor who because i was a weirdo i was watching doctor who and Grey's anatomy while everyone else was like i was still watching disney Channel, yes. <laughs> i mean same like that segued me into watching like a bunch of shows on tnt especially bones like that was one of the mm-hmm. first major like shows that weren't associated with yeah. like cartoon network disney channel anything like that that i was super <laughs> I was into watching Grey's anatomy where there's like making out every two seconds and people dying and there's lesbians and i was like okay come on let's do this <laughs> me at the age of 10 i'm like okay <laughs> clearly i mean <laughs> yeah i was obsessed with murder at 10 so i don't know <laughs> i mean that's a bone segued me into really liking true crime so and I now mean- look where you are now like Okay, so we are starting off this podcast journey with a read-through book talk, a uh, little 
thingy. Uh, Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. Yes. Midnight Sun, the good old Twilight um, perspective shift, um, which if you don't know what Midnight Sun is, it's just Twilight, the book by Stephanie Meyer, from Edward's perspective, because we needed that in our lives, of course. I did. Thank you very much. (laughs) So in each episode, we are discussing a chapter or two of the book along with our thoughts and our opinions on the series and anything else we want to discuss um, concerning our perspective now compared to our perspective when we first read Twilight 10 plus years ago. So I do want to say that we've all read the book before in Mm -hmm. a different form. So, no, like, you've read Midnight Sun before. Yeah, I'm kind of, I've I've kind of been obsessed with it since it came out originally, like, when it was leaked. I read it every six months (laughs) since it came out. She was a little obsessed. A little bit. Yeah, we're we're talking about the whole chapters that were published on Stephanie Meyer's website years ago. So, it got leaked, and then she was like, you know what, I'm just going to put this out here. And then she said she was never going to. Publish it. it, yeah. Liar. <laughs> Look where we are now. Well, I mean, uh, but yeah, it did piss me off when I found out that Midnight Sun was coming out. I was like, oh, great. I'm going to get the, I'm going to reread the leaked version again, you know, for the hundredth time. And I'm going to, you know, compare the two. And then she took the leaked version off Of course, the she wants to make that claim. I know. So a few reasons why she might have decided to... Publish it. Publish it. In the year of 2020. In the year of 2020. The year of Satan. Yeah. (laughs) I believe um, it is kind of kismet, though, just for the sheer fact that Edward um, died of a sickness that is very similar to... The influenza. The Spanish influenza was very similar to COVID-19. And almost a hundred years later? Almost, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it it works out, but I'm sure that's not the reason she you think just like mid- suddenly was inspired to write <laughs> like this. Like mid-March last year, early April, she was like, I think it's time. <laughs> it's <laughs> really time. darkly. She was like, <laughs> she had a dream again. She's back in the meadow. <laughs> and Edward's like <laughs> reaching out towards her. And she was like, Edward's speaking. I forgot about come with the whole you. dream He's thing. He's speaking to me. <laughs> she pressed to her agent her agent's like by golly stephanie's back at it yep that's exactly what happened exactly it had nothing to do with monetary (laughs) issues or you know so i feel like people are complaining about this book and it's a bunch of really pretentious people who think they're too good for twilight now even though they loved it when they were 13 whatever Mm -hmm. but they're saying like we didn't need this book it added nothing to the story i would have to disagree just for the fact that it does if you enjoy the series Mm -hmm. and i feel like Edward's perspective is gives you so much more. If you don't actually read Midnight Sun, then I would be like, yeah, if I would probably be one of those people. But when you read it, you're like, oh my goodness, there's so much more going on than Bella even knew about. Uh Like, I feel like when you, that being said, I haven't read Twilight in a few years, but when you read Twilight and you kind of just get the perspective, 
perspective of this lovesick like 17 year old girl Mm -hmm. who like has never experienced anything like this is introduced to this whole world it's one thing yeah it's like you're wearing rose colored glasses yeah and then when you take them off you have edward's perspective Uh which is a whole bunch of other stuff and his perspective is like this tortured Mm -hmm. vampire almost said human but he's a vampire yeah for the past hundred years he's been kind of like monotonously living his life and he's like Oh, something different. Yeah. And I think that's special. I loved it, or I'm loving it right now because I'm still reading it because it's like a warm safety blanket for me and yeah. a really like troubling time in the world where nothing is for sure. But I like, it's so much nostalgia. Like I get giddy while reading it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I never shipped Edward and Bella this much when I was reading this at first. I really don't think I did. Maybe the movies have clouded my vision. Mm-hmm. The movies but- have done a lot. <laughs> We'll share a perspective on the movies later on, but it'll probably it just, come out. Quickly. It feels so comforting mm-hmm. to read something like this, and I do think it was a good idea to publish it at a time where so many people needed something for their own, you know, sanity. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I think it was a smart move. Yeah, and I will say I forgot to mention I have read the actual like published Midnight Sun maybe about twice. I'm only what like nine chapters into it. Mm-hmm. Reba has read I'm, the first I'm chapter. A, I'm a slacker <laughs> like, who's only read one chapter, but I read ten quickly. Minutes, <laughs> ten minutes before recording, she had finished the first chapter. Ten minutes before recording, she has read half the book. <laughs> Honestly, if you give me like an hour, I probably could. No, read No, I'd the be book. like the. <laughs> I'm a slow reader, okay? I am way too ADHD for that. Me too. I, or I'll, like, I'll read a page and then my mind goes somewhere off and I come back to it and I'm like, what is happening? No, usually if it's a really good book, if I start reading it and get super into it, it goes by so quickly. But can mm-hmm. you tell me what it's about right after you read it? Can you tell me all the details? A good chunk of them. I can't. I'm like, uh, there was a girl. I'm not really sure what happened to her. I read it. I saw it with my eyes, but nothing digested. It also depends on what's happening in the story. Like if if it starts out like really slow, then I probably cannot tell you every single detail yeah. that's happening. I find it hilarious that we all had the same English teacher and he was the advanced English teacher or accelerated English teacher. Mm-hmm. And he taught us how to speed read and it just shows I never learned how to speed read. I don't know if we were in the same class. I was over there painting my nails and (laughs) eating my Skittles. No, I kind of already read fast before we even got to that point. So, yeah. Okay. So I kind of want to segue this into like quickly our little introduction to Twilight. We can take another episode to go more in depth with it because I know I got some stories. But like, how did you discover Twilight? What was your experience early on with it dealing with you know, the backlash and also just being <laughs> a young, you know, 12, 11, 12, uh, 13 year old girl reading mm-hmm. this book or this series? Well, I was the first in our grade that I know of to read yeah, probably, Twilight. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I saw it. I saw, um, I don't know if somebody had told me about the book or what, but even before then, I wasn't really a reader. And my mom and one of her friends, I I like begged for Twilight, the book, and they split paying for the book for me. And sweet. I know. And it just, it's 
always been, it'll always have a place in my heart and I'll always love it no matter how many holes we find or, you know, anything like that. Controversial topic. Yeah. Stuff we don't agree with now. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say um, to those of you that are listening that, you know, even though we do talk about this book and we may be cracking jokes and throwing shade, there is a definite love for this book. Yeah, obviously all this we wouldn't talk, be all, here yeah. if we ac- absolutely hated it. I can't sit anywhere and talk about something that I hate for I, a long time. You and me are two different people. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, even, there's like a sense of understanding when I hate something. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> we will get off so many tangents. Okay, Reba. No, I think my first foray into Twilight is based off of the movie coming out, like, in DVD, on like when it came out on DVD, like months later, like this is March of the following year after it came out in theaters, and like I guess I ended up seeing somewhere something, some clip on YouTube or something of the movie, which led me to wanting to watch all of the movies. So I was trying to find any clips that I could of it, which led me to wanting to buy the movie, movie, and then finding out that it was a book series ended up me having to read it. So. Then that took uh, me into reading all four books in four days. So I really wish that I could like relive my first moment, like watching Twilight. Cause I kind of remember reading the first chapter, mm-hmm. but I watched the movie before I ever read the book. So I wish I could relive that moment sitting in Reba's bedroom and watching it with her as she said all the lines. We watched it in the living room or my bedroom? We watched it in your bedroom. Okay. Like, twice. <laughs> and you were saying all the lines and I was like, shut up. That tells you how obsessed I was with this series because I was doing that. (laughs) I absolutely hated the movie. Always have. Um, It's funny. I remember our English teacher in sixth grade was telling somebody about Twilight. And she was like, I should have read it when Peyton had this book. (laughs) That sounds like her, honestly. (laughs) I was part of the I Hate Twilight fan club. It was me and this other girl. Because... I was in band and in sixth grade band at the very beginning, it was uh, in the mornings, we would have to spend like 20 minutes reading. And there were some girls, but um, they were talking all about the movies and the books. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, ah, oh, Twilight's so stupid, blah, blah, blah. This sounds so stupid. And had I ever seen any of it, any trailers or anything? Probably not. I was watching Disney Channel and Grey's Anatomy. Probably not. So I was just part of this I Hate uh, Twilight fan club. But like with anything, if it's popular, I'm going to find my way into it. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm that bitch. I, I just got to know what everyone's talking about. And see, I'm the opposite. Like if you talk about it enough, I'm going to be like, ugh, I don't ever want to be around it. my sister is you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm back and forth depending on what it is. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm just like, if so many people love this, then there is a high possibility that I will. Because... I'm, I'm basic. <laughs> Honestly, some of the times, I don't know if this is always true for when it comes to people like the any type of media being popular, including books or TV shows. But it's usually like it's super popular at one moment. And I'm like, that seems kind of cool. And then like a couple of years later, I actually read it or watch it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. We need to like dedicate an episode to things that we discover first or discover when they're not popular. Because I do want to talk about it eventually. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, I was part of the I Hate Twilight fan club. But then I evidently, I think I saw the trailer for it or something. I probably did. Like I got somewhere with some high speed internet so I could watch it on my iPod touch and I watched the trailer and then Reba was talking all about it so I was like okay this weekend when I come over to your house let's watch it so we watched it and she talked throughout the whole thing but I was like this is amazing 
this is so good. We were reading, you were reading the second book again or something on our way to Graceland. I'm telling you, I remember everything. I do not remember this. You tell me. It was so impactful in my life. So we were reading like the end of the second book whenever the Cullens are like trying to decide, spoiler alert, if she's going to become a vampire. I ended up buying the movie at Walmart and watching it like twice. And then you brought me the book in sixth grade science on Monday. And I read the out of that thing and I read the whole series and I was obsessed with it and then we and got into making scrapbooks and wearing tv shirts we oh made scrapbooks <laughs> we dressed up like the characters we went to a twilight girl scout event it was a whole deal we saw every movie never a midnight show in because we were young and our parents didn't want to <laughs> our parents us. were like uh no <laughs> I think mom would my mom loved these books probably I keep on telling my mom to read Twilight. She's like, what should I read next? And I always go, Twilight. And she says, no. And I'm like, Wait. just try it. Wait, I think I did see the midnight showing You did. Twilight. I know you did. You saw a midnight showing of at least a couple of them. Yeah. And I hated them. But I still <laughs> watched them. That's the thing. You always are like, maybe this one will be better. <laughs> Dang it, it's the same people. <laughs> Trying to be an optimist. Why do you not have facial expressions? No shade, but also a lot towards the movies because <laughs> they are not good. No, they're not. I got my mom to watch, or no, my mom read them. Uh, my grandfather was in the hospital and my mom like didn't have anything to read. So she went to like Walmart and she saw the books and she was like, Peyton talks about these like all the time. So I guess I need to I guess I gotta read these. I never talked to my mom into reading them, but I did know that uh, later once Fifty Shades of Grey came out, I know she read those. I think my mom read Fifty Shades of Grey, but she won't read Twilight. My mom read Fifty Shades first before I did, which... That makes sense. All right. Okay, so... We plan on doing the chapter summary in bullet points just to make it easier on everyone on what happens in the chapter. So um, we suggest reading these chapters before, but honestly, if you don't want to, don't. <laughs> no, I mean, just know that I wrote these and they're very abridged and may not make sense. Uh, chapter one is called First Sight. Is yes. that the name of the one in Twilight? Yes. It is. I was trying to... I know for sure the first two chapters are yeah, the same names. Yeah, All right. So what happens in the first chapter? Edward finds school boring. Uh-huh. Intro to Rosalie, Emmett, Alice, and Jasper. Love all of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Bella is being talked about <laughs> in the school. Everybody's obsessed. Edward explains hunting and hunger. Edward can't hear Bella's thoughts, but feels protective of her. Edward smells Bella and gets hangry. <laughs> All caps. Hangry. hangry. <laughs> Plots the death of the entire classroom, which goes on for paragraphs. <laughs> Edward plans on running away. <laughs> yeah. This story kind of just sets up the, the scene, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you have to read Twilight before you go into this, because if you just start reading this, you're like, why do I care? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, who are these people? Why do I care about them? Mm -hmm. Why is this guy that we are hearing from so pretentious and mm -hmm. he thinks he's so high and mighty? Uh-huh. That was the thing. Like, I know I've said this before, but I don't think Twilight is as long as Midnight Sun. Mm -mm. And I'm just like, 
does Bella not think of anything or is Edward just that pretentious and worthy? He overthinks everything. Oh, definitely. Like I am him in some situations. But also more stuff happens, I believe. In I mean, it's behind the scenes, you know? True. I do want to point out before we get into anything, I had the question when we done the first go around on why they even go to school. Mm hmm. And I kind of thought about it a little bit more, and I think it really has to do with the girls of the coven. Is that mm-hmm. what they're yeah, called? Yeah, it's a coven. Coven. Is yeah. it? Yes, yeah. it is. The Cullen Coven? Yes. The Cullen Coven. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm like, witches have covens to the Cullens. <laughs> but I, I wrote down, like, a few thoughts. I think, like, with Esme, it's, you know, they she wants the normal family. She mm-hmm. wants them to feel normal, so she persuaded them to go to school rosalie i don't feel like rosalie would do anything that rosalie doesn't want to do true yeah so i feel me <laughs> that she's got two reasons kind of for going to school one of them's to feel like she's a human and the other is to be adored by humans yeah I feel, oh yeah yeah it, i mean you can definitely tell that second one heavily weighs in this book when the first thing you read about rosalie from edward's perspective is, is how shallow her thoughts yeah she's mm-hmm. like they're a shallow pool of something she's oh, like yeah. i i'm yeah. the most beautiful there's no reason to compare me to humans because i have mm-hmm. i have this perfect body and this perfect face and all that yeah, yeah. that's where her and i do not align but yeah. yes go on and then, um, which we'll get back to that in a minute, because yes, I, I, I got some thoughts. thoughts. Um, but the second one is, or the third one is probably the strangest, and I think it's the most interesting and the most telling, is Alice. Mm-hmm. Because the longer you go through the book, the more you realize that Alice, I guess, finds these humans as, like, pets. Yes. Or long-distance I friends. Mean, she really does. That's pretty she, like, obvious just, with the way she treats waving. Bella. Yeah, yeah. And, like... Like, she knows these people. Like, she knows intimate details. And it has nothing to do with her. She she knows that they don't know anything about their futures because they're in high school. And Uh who does? But she's like, you're going to be okay. You, however, I'm going to keep an eye on you. But I feel like it's not even tied into her gifts. I think it's just she actually, like, wants to be, like, them as her friends. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel... And that really makes me, like, wonder even more about her background and her childhood. Like, yeah. But she's a Mississippi girl, too. So, I mean, we, I just thought it, that would be fun to point <laughs> out. Back to the whole Rosalie being a very shallow pool. It's blaringly obvious with this how bad it becomes to write a mind reader character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because... She makes them so two-dimensional. Oh, yeah. And it's not, it's mainly the girls. And it's kind of sad because, you know, girl power. But uh, with Jessica and Rosalie, they're just these really shallow people Mm -hmm. in Edward's mind. And I feel like they could be some of the most complex and interesting characters. And that's one of the, they are two of my favorite characters, oddly enough. And they have been two of my favorite characters for a really long time. And Mm -hmm. that might be because they're like kind of the mean white girl and like people just see them. And you can really see in this book as like, like you said, two dimensional, like they only care about one thing. Mm -hmm. They're a cliche. And really they are so complex. And even like Edward, whenever he talks about Rosalie's thoughts or Jessica's thoughts, they're very surface level. Like he doesn't take the time to dive in. And maybe I'm like projecting a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I feel like a lot of people think those things about me. Yeah. And 
that that might be why I love these two characters so much because like people just look at them and they make these assumptions. Like mm-hmm. I've been told, oh, you look stuck up because of this reason. Oh, your voice is annoying, so you must be this way. And I'm like, you don't know anything about me. I'm yeah. sorry. I look at you and I think things too, but I don't tell them to your face. I mean, that also, I mean, just also the point of writing a mind reader character, like bringing up like how it makes other characters seem two dimensional can also bring up the point of what are Edward's limitations of his gift yes. as well. Mm. And also like, I'm not nagging Stephanie Meyer on necessarily, I mean a little bit on her writing Edward's point, perspective of these women of these characters as like oh they're shallow whatever because that may be her goal in -hmm. writing edward this way to be like oh he only sees these people as this yeah but also i wonder like stephanie do you also think this about these characters yeah did you you hate jessica (laughs) did you have this intention of this character i'm like who hurt you because i feel like caitlin when she's writing or pretty much any writer i feel like that is very character driven. They will sit there and think about all these different situations and like this person and how they interact. And Mm -hmm. like, I feel like character building is so much more complex than that. So I don't know how you sit there with these characters for 10 plus years. I mean, it's probably more like 20 years for Mm -hmm. her at this point. And think of them this way yeah I have a quick little tangent about you know I do write some and there was are some characters that I came up with you know around my like twilight days and Mm -hmm. who have really morphed and their story has morphed and shifted and a couple years ago I was reading from the perspective of my female protagonist and some of the stuff she was saying I was like you know this is a little questioning I don't agree with her anymore the way I did and that's a whole other conversation that I maybe want to get into the whole like I'm not like other girls I'm going to see other girls as this way and I know Mm -hmm. like Edward isn't a girl so he doesn't have that perspective necessarily but like I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this probably that Edward is an old like he's an old man yeah in a young man's young vampire's body and so maybe he His. has ideals of how women should act and how they think based off how he was raised. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, I was thinking of my own character who I made this way and I was like, oh, she acts this way because of her past and because she thinks she's like this because of her past. And so many characters blame their past on how they react to other people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that kind of can go back to Edward and yeah. like I said, how he acts. The complexities of the mind make it probably make it difficult for Edward to understand mm-hmm. like every thought that ever crosses a person's mind because he's only hearing a snippet. He yeah. doesn't sit yeah. there and like intensely focus on someone and be like, I hear every single thought. This is what they're seeing. This mm-hmm. is what they're hearing. This is exactly what they're thinking. But mm-hmm. thoughts are a layered process and every person has a different kind of way of thinking thinking yes so like some you know like the whole thinking when you think to yourself like you can hear a little voice in your head like Uh saying the words and the some people only think in pictures or Uh things like that so that probably some people don't sing in their heads and those people are insane (laughs) so i think that kind of brings up its own complexities too which is why these characters may seem two-dimensional and maybe Mm -hmm. that's on purpose but maybe it's not just because of course that is difficult to write Yeah. yeah and um like one that we discussed a little bit that Edward kind of saw in such a way was Jessica and I'm on team justice for Jessica because I love her so much. (laughs) Maybe it's because I love Anna Kendrick so much. 
Everybody and she was Anna the Kendrick. best portrayal in that whole series. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> there were a few other people that I was like, yeah, I can yeah, get down yeah, with this yeah. casting. <laughs> um, and while we're on the subject, and I wish I would have, um, which I mean, this is kind of a tangent too, but I wish I would have looked up her name because I can never pronounce it right. But if we were redoing the cast of Twilight, Esme would not be Esme. It would be Carla, what's her face? G word from like the Haunting of Hill House. You know who I'm talking about, Reba. You would know. Okay, we need to recast the cast. We do. We need to maybe the next one. Okay, I'm gonna look that up real quick. But um, just so I know, like how Edward sees Jessica and he's hearing her thoughts at the beginning in this first chapter as like, everyone's looking at the new girl. Like, I'm glad I'm kind of friends with her right now, but like everyone's looking at her and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, uh, freaking Jessica. And I'm just like, he doesn't see Jessica as how I see her, which is really insecure mm-hmm. and like not comfortable with herself, with how she looks like who she is the boys don't like her and she doesn't understand and she just wants to find someone Mm -hmm. and to find like her calling in life and i feel like um which by the way it's carla gugino um i'm not very good at pronunciation so that could be (laughs) gugino i feel like in Another thing that's not really brought up um, is trauma. Yes. And trauma and how it affects your thought process Mm -hmm. and how things like how you're treated at home, you know, early development, how that could have an effect on your thoughts and your self-worth and how that might affect how you treat people. Yeah. And that's not really delved into much. And I feel like Edward should step up his game. He's been alive for Nearly 80 He's years. He's got no excuses. He's been alive for nearly 80 years. He should be able to uh, realize that there are people with trauma and there are people that need to. I feel like there should be more empathy. Yeah. Like people put up these walls for a certain reason. Like, yeah. Even in their own heads. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, There's things that I do not think about. I do not talk about. There's plenty of those kind of things mm-hmm. that like I won't even admit to myself, let alone like talk about out loud yeah and maybe that's getting too deep but there are yeah like and i'm sure if there was a mind reading vampire around me he'd be like wow like she sings a lot in her head and she kind of like thinks about herself a lot yeah (laughs) but really like i'm a bundle of anxiety and insecurities edward geez get off my back (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay so edward tries to read bella's thoughts Mm because he's like searching for the new girl whatever yeah. And he tries to get into her head and he's like, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing, like the whole time I'm reading this, I'm thinking, does Edward think Bella is dumb? Like not all there? <laughs> well, you know, when we done this the first time, I told them about how it made me. And this is like way later in the book, but how he thought Charlie was dumb. <laughs> Like this man's the police chief. <laughs> no wonder people are dying. <laughs> like he thought Charlie was not completely there, and he let him go on and be police chief. Where my brain would be like, we need to do something about this. How are we letting people live in forks? 
because there's not a big population and that's why it's just like shit's creek all the time where like the people in charge have no idea what's <laughs> going, going on. on they're just like doo, doo, doo. Yeah. that is the best description of bella's dad yes he has no idea ever what's going on but he, but he does <laughs> he does he just doesn't care I'm telling you, Edward's lived in this town for, it has to be years at this point. <laughs> oh, there's poor old Charlie's on. Charlie's like trapping his truck, his police car, whatever. I believe he calls him slow of thought or something to that nature. And I would be generally, cons- like, I would be very concerned if I was a member of this society <laughs> where the police chief is slow of thought because <laughs> all he sees is like little like babbles of what charlie's <laughs> thinking and i just which i mean granted we're from like i said a small town in mississippi so it's probably not that not it's much a little better. Bit better i gotta I, say it's a little bit yeah so is bella dumb that's the real question and since he can't find her thoughts right then he's like huh i wonder what's going on there yeah and, you know, Bella, of course, is with her little new friends, um, including Jessica and the lovely Angela, who, you know, we love Angela. I, I kind of sh- wish that Edward would have liked Angela. Initially. That would have been so fun. You know, I'm not gonna, I kind of want to talk about a little bit whenever he tries to, like, set Angela up. Yeah. Or, like, make her think good about herself or something. I don't remember exactly yeah. what happens later on. He was on. trying to give her, do her a favor, but I... We also had an argument about that because nobody believed me <laughs> about oh, the character. Okay, so I had I it was from watching the movies and her boyfriend I really don't think exists in the uh-uh. movies. They just set her and with so Tyler. I was like, does she end up with Eric or at least they go out Eric, a little bit? Like Tyler. they don't end up together. No, Tyler's the one that almost hits Bella with. Oh, yeah, it's Eric. No one likes Tyler. I would take Eric over Tyler, and I hate Eric. <laughs> You know who I would take over all of them? Mike Newton, King of the Big Newtons. <laughs> king of the Big Newtons himself, Mr. Michael. AKA Bland Central. <laughs> no, for real, like people like Team Edward, Team Jacob, and I'm like, you know what? I take Mike. Like, maybe it's because I'm Jessica, but like <laughs> I'm like, hey Mike, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, do 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 do. All I can think about is that one movie date between him, Bella, and Jacob at the movies. I love and hate that scene equally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we end up introducing the Cullens and at least, you know, Rosalie Emmett, who we all love Emmett too, right? Yes. Emmett is just, he's the cinnamon bun of the... He, He can do no wrong. And I think that's kind of like... I forgot how Edward describes his thoughts, but he's it's a like, cr- crystal, crystal, crystal clear lake. Yes. Yeah, like Emma, he's gonna say what he thinks, but none of it is super like bad. You know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a little questionable sometimes. Yeah. Especially later on, when he's like, "Just kill the girl." Just yeah. <laughs> Just but go I mean, for it. he's also a vampire, and he's been around. For- yeah, he still has those instincts, whatever. But also, like. <laughs> He's taking all the bear and being like, hey, man, what's up? How are you doing? I got some unfinished business with your god. <laughs> the rest of his existence is him just being like, I'm going to take another one on. And he just has like tally marks. 
says, Ashley's like, this has to stop. It's like, I will get rid of the bear population. Notches on his bedpost. <laughs> A bear. Ashley's like, another one. And another one bites the dust. <laughs> Oh, what does he do? Yeah, I, I want to know. Just like Emmett skinned these bears and like just <laughs> he has pelts just all up in their bed. <laughs> Rosalie's she, probably like, hell no. One and she's like, Emmett, we have talked about this. I hate having sex and seeing them stare at me. <laughs> <laughs> There's like several bear He's rugs. Like, that's Clyde. That's Bonnie. <laughs> that's Bill. These are the Berenstein bears. <laughs> this is Yogi. Yeah, he was really hard to take down. But yeah, this is Smokey. They did not appreciate that. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if it all started like after he became a vampire. Did he like? I'm going to go find that bear. <laughs> he woke up. And he was like. There was a bear. And Carlisle's like, yes, I have to find it. They go hunting and Carlisle's like, here's a nice elk. And he's like, a bear. So, yeah, uh, if it's obsessed with bears, it's going to be a thing. I, I picture like him going to build a bear and just like ripping them apart. We meet again. The bear opens up and he's like, <laughs> their kind is winning why didn't Bella give us information on the other's bedrooms cause I would have loved <laughs> she just like <laughs> her, she's like no it was the other side what in the world is this <laughs> and it's sitting there just <laughs> on his bare pills <laughs> with one like on his head <laughs> What's that movie where they're wearing the bear thing? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Anyway, that's our thoughts on Emmett. <laughs> Some new revelations. Uh, we also have Alice, who we have talked about, and we love our little pixie queen. Yes. If Alice wasn't a vampire, she would be a fairy. Yes. She would be. She's like perfect best friend material, I gotta say. Definitely. Yeah. She's supportive. She loves to shop. She knows what looks good on you and what looks good on her. Uh-huh. She's not going to take your man. Like. No. She's good. And then we got Jasper. And I got some beef with Jasper. And that beef is, I don't like him. (laughs) I don't mind Jasper. He's just annoying. I feel like Jasper gets a bad rap. From me. (laughs) From Caitlin, specifically. I feel like everybody else is, like, lusting after Jasper in the movies. So they don't really say anything. that's all Jackson Rathbone, so. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he does play a good Jasper, though. Oh, yes, he does a great Jasper. He's one of the Jasper. (laughs) He's just one of the characters that I wouldn't change. Um, which is very few and far between. But uh, Jasper, I feel like he gets a bad rep just because from Caitlin, and (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a lot to do with how new he is to everything. And I don't know. I just I don't understand why he's at a high school surrounded by humans. Yeah. I don't understand why sweet little Alice is so in love with him. Yeah. I don't understand why the Cullens keep him around. <laughs> See, I think part of that is because he's not necessarily a 2D character like the, like Jessica. Oh, no. He's Rosalie really complex. Is mm-hmm. I'll say that. But he seems that way because we only see, like, half of his personality. I don't. You know? I, I respect his complexity and everything. I just don't like him. 
I don't think we would get along. (laughs) Meanwhile, I think like, I I don't know. I feel like he's, he's troubled and I don't mind troubled people. I, yeah, I don't. I don't love a broody boy who has no sense of humor, <laughs> you know? He's got to have some. But he's so angsty. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, and I think he can have a sense of humor. I think he has those other things, but we don't ever see those things. Yeah. yeah. He is the continuous angst boy because Edward has to grow. Otherwise, Edward would be the continuous angst boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can agree with that and respect that. And you're only nine chapters in, which I don't know if it goes into any detail about Jasper in this book um don't i mean i don't think my feelings on him will change no never because you're too deep into it yeah but like like i said i have a beef with him Mm -hmm. but he's not the worst character (laughs) i cannot like a character and still respect them yeah Yeah. that out there don't come for me (laughs) also why is bella so hot to everyone except for edward i think it's just the novelty there's something yeah. new and shiny. Who and shiny? I think she's she's probably just a cute girl at a new school that's like super small. And I don't Edward think she's bland at first. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think she's actually like drop dead gorgeous. No, and uh, he at says all. it at one point. Yeah, <laughs> that she's plain. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's because she's new and let's just be real boys are boys and they are pigs and it doesn't matter if you give them any new body parts to look at Mm -hmm. they're gonna be like oh yeah and also like i guess with the whole like boys are into her girls want to be her kind of thing kind of Mm -hmm. applies to bella as a character but i just love reading Edward's point of view, how everyone's like, man, she's so hot. Like, I want to be her friend. I want to date her, whatever. Like, all these guys are asking her to to the dance and everything. And he's like, she's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Not the the prettiest face I've ever seen. She's a little dumb, too, but... (laughs) I feel like... he smells her and he's like... (gasps) I feel like he's just not actually looking, though. Yeah. Essentially, what would be considered a film over his eyes, yeah. like he just scans and doesn't. Yeah, see. and if you've been living for a hundred years and you've seen so many beautiful and okay faces, you're just like, okay. And also, like they hearing everyone's thoughts, I guess, kind of runs into it too. Mm-hmm. And I also, he's a nearly eighty year old virgin at this point. Oh yeah, and has, at that point, isn't everything no... you know you want to? <laughs> I mean, if you haven't yet i don't know how else to say it not the raging hormones type okay i just want to briefly get into it but he's been alive for all these years where's the sex where's the drugs that's what i want to read if it were me it would have happened by now because i ain't about to just like i I mean because there's no consequences there's yeah you're not gonna catch anything you're not gonna wake up with a hangover or like in a hospital somewhere whatever happens when you're on drugs i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) passed out on the street yeah like no one's gonna hurt you because they don't know how to actually hurt you yeah like there's no consequences so why not do it anymore why not i mean maybe he's just uh what is it called like Emmy romantic which is what i consider myself but at the same time if i were alive for 80 years and didn't have the consequences mm-hmm. i mean that also brings up again his background and the way the period time period he was raised in and yes yeah. he was raised as a gentleman 
I think later on, I don't remember particularly, but whenever his thoughts start growing one way or his words or his actions, he's like, no, no, no. And he reels them back in and he's like, yeah. no, I'm not that way. That's yeah. literally this whole chapter. Like, yeah. And it's not because like, oh, I'm a vampire. I can't be that way because I can't have anyone that way. It's like, I'm a gentleman. I must act a certain way. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of historical romances, so I guess... This is where we're going this right is now. Why I listen to Claire de Dune. <laughs> uh, that being said, the males in the historical romances I've been watching are nothing like Edward Cullen. I mean, no. We got Mr. Simon from Bridgerton, who's a wraith. <laughs> yeah. Then we got my Scottish boy Jamie <laughs> from Outlander, who was a virgin but um, also could get around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and we did talk a little bit about why the vampires go to high school. Um, which, whatever, it makes for a good plot. Yeah. We think it'd be really cool if this story took place in college, but would it be as readable and as um, applicable to other people's lives and experiences? I don't know. It'd be a lot more complex to build. I yeah. was reading this um, this post on Instagram someone posted about setting your story in high school versus college, and something that really you know impacted me was like, when you're in high school and you're like a teenager, your thoughts go one way. Mm-hmm. And when you're in college, they go another. So having a lovesick like teenager and an age-old vampire who's still kind of like experiencing this for the first time, this whole story set in high school does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can respect that now, but I still think it'd be cool. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, college gives you a lot more experiences, which makes your thought process kind of diverge from what it used to be. Yeah. So, and you I mean, also got your own shit going on. So that too. A boy just isn't. Yeah. The forefront of your. Unless you're just that kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely that type of person. Um, <laughs> Caitlin hates them. <laughs> They're fine. I don't care. Yeah, we you're could like, tell by the second. Scoffing. I'm thinking of someone. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> We're not going to name names here. Uh, but no. uh, <laughs> even though, like. I don't have the typical college experiences, but even now, I feel like I would be like, oh, my God, just stop. Um, wh- why are you here? Like, what are you doing? And why are you here? You're like, I have a test tomorrow. Can you go? <laughs> I need to study. Also, if there's a guy, you know, watching you through your window while you sleep in college, you're a lot more on your guard. I don't know. It's because I lived in the college campus where frat parties were rampant and we were told, like, warned about these things. Yeah. Whenever you're a teenager, one, you're not thinking about it because you're in the safety of your own home. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, like, you'd be like, ooh, a boy likes me. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of creepy. But yeah. He's cute. <laughs> yeah. A.K.A. Bella's thoughts. Also, he's a vampire. It's fine. He, you know, watches me sleep, but it's fine. He's cute. I consent now. I didn't before, but I consent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, another thing I want to discuss was our vampires' abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, like how they protect Because Stephanie Meyer did this thing that I haven't read or, like, put myself in a lot of vampire media, but these vampires having special abilities, I think, is unique, personally. And that being said, I have not read or gandered a lot of vampire media. But, like, where did these abilities come from? They didn't just pop out of nowhere. Yeah. So we have Edward, who's a mind reader. Mm-hmm. And... What did you say about him? How did you get that? My theory was that uh, he was very good at reading people. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. when he was a human. Like, you know, us sitting here having a conversation, he was pretty good about picking up lies, like their true intents. And so it kind of morphed as he became a vampire into him being actual mind reader. And it's already established in the books that Alice already had. Yeah, uh, because she's in the um, institution. Yeah, because of her visions. So I feel like that. And also Jasper, he has the ability to affect people's emotions. And that Mm -hmm. definitely um, has to do with him being a leader for the military and... Just kind of being able to read people in that way. Yeah. In a way that's really different from Edward, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, we can't uh, diss Bella's ability right off the bat. True. Mm -hmm. Because it does follow her into her vampiric self. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, also talking about Charlie earlier, like him hearing half thoughts and then us thinking when we previously talked about this, about the ability passing down to Bella like mm-hmm. in a genetic sort of way so what does that mean for them when they were human like what what about their parents it makes me wonder yeah. like mm-hmm. how that ended up flowing into them before they became vampires what would be my vampire ability Reba are you're fresh off the chapter is there anything that you really I mean there were a couple of things I was sitting here about how the first impressions Edward gives of the of the Cullens like their thoughts um <laughs> That, um, like, when it goes to, like, you have Rosalie and, like, her two-dimensional, like, mm-hmm. selfish kind of perspective. And selfish. then Emmett's, Emmett's perspective of just, like, the being on the fight and then him being, like, this big dude who's like, oh, yeah, let's go wrestle a bear. But mm-hmm. his thoughts are clear. But then when you get to Alice, it doesn't really say a lot about her other than... Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. The way she thinks directly about Jasper. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anything about her other than her ability to be like, oh, I'm the guy who's essentially considered her husband mm-hmm. is like in pain and she worries about that. Like, it's not mm-hmm. about her. It's about her feelings for others. Now that I think about it, I can't really think of a single moment. I mean, I haven't read these books in a while where like Alice is doing something for herself. I right. don't think she does. No, it's always for someone it's, else. It's for Bella. It's for Edward. It's for her family. It's for Jasper. Like it's mm-hmm. never for anyone else. And that's mm-hmm. that's interesting. That's something to, to yeah. ponder. Well, I think it goes back to the self-worth thing and mm-hmm. trauma. I yes. mean, you're definitely... Her parents gave her to an institution mm-hmm. because she was a little bit psychic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit psychic. Just a little, a little bit, bit psychic. A little bit on the side. And it, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because, like, in my family, we're not, like, we don't claim to be ESP or anything <laughs> like that or however you... Okay. But, <laughs> but, like, you know, my dad will talk about, like, having prophetic dreams dreams and stuff mm-hmm. and we just like yeah okay you know i'm like that about stuff i'm like hmm, i knew this was gonna happen yeah okay, cool. like <laughs> a big sense of deja vu like oh i thought this happened before like yeah i can like wake up and be like i feel like this is gonna happen today and i mean and it does or it doesn't but when it does i'm like i knew it but i feel like even with it being like actual visions and it coming true like granted this was the 1920s but i mean we i know the area where she's from Mm -hmm. i feel like and you know i had grandparents that were around during the time that she was turned and everything and i feel like even at that time it would be like yeah okay you know (laughs) god's giving you this gift i wonder what kind of family she came from yeah if they had money Mm -hmm. which i I'm assuming they did if they sent her off. Yeah. Like, that's usually something people with money would do and like 
kind of what life she lived beforehand and Mm -hmm. if she ever did anything for herself then or if it was about them about the world Mm -hmm. around her i don't know i want a mini series about alice it would probably be so much better than all the movies we need to cast alice yeah i mean there technically is i don't remember who came out with that but there's like it's not real yeah there was that film (laughs) thing about her before she was turned oh gosh i don't know how many years ago that was and who had it yeah but there was that was it only for alice or was there one for someone else too who knows it's I need something good. <laughs> yeah. And then my other thought while Canon. talking about that is that does Alice ever actually read her specific future or does she read only other people's but she's associated with that? I think she does read her future because that's how she found Jasper. <laughs> I am going to meet a boy today. But does she make a point to read her own future? No. Like ever. Because she makes points to, you know, mm-hmm. other people's She's futures. like, okay, Edward, I'll be on it. <laughs> Like, I'm going to focus on this today. No, I don't think she does. Um, It might, she might have back then just because. She was by herself. Yeah, self-preservation. But as far as like just, oh, I need to look out for what's happening Yeah, and how boring would it be to like go through your day just thinking about what's going to happen next to yourself? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about someone else, you're like, I know what they're about to do. Think about yourself, you're like, and that See might also get out of doing this. That might also be why she is so friendly towards uh-huh. other people, the locals. Yeah, that she has zero interaction with, but she knows very intimate details about their life. Like I'm telling you, more so than if you were just psychic, you know. And in that case, like another tangent, like she sees people's futures, which makes her invest in these people's lives. Edward sees their presence and their thoughts in the moment. But he's not invested in anyone. No. So, like, that's... I think their characters show such, like, great similarities, but also such great contrast, especially mm-hmm. in that way. I mean, that's why so they're, like, a dynamic duo, essentially, yeah. throughout the whole entire series. Because mm-hmm. every time Edward has to call on someone, he always calls to Alice. I mm-hmm. love how, like, all the other Cullens are like, they're doing it again. <laughs> Yeah, because she's like, they're like talking to each other through Alice's mind. And he's just like doing that weird nod thing he does where he just looks different directions. And she's just like showing him the future. And he's like, okay, I guess we're doing that. If I was one of them, no wonder Rosalie hates everyone. She has to deal with these people. (laughs) (laughs) And Emmett's Elfron on the next bear. (laughs) Jasper's like, pain. (laughs) Hunger. He's just like, man, I'm hungry. And Carlisle and Esme are just like perfect. Esme probably later on because we're running out of time. To sort of wrap up the chapter, like Peyton already mentioned, we have the whole class part where Edward realizes, like, oh, she smells good. (laughs) He's like, damn it. And the first reading we done, Kaylin was actually reading it, Uh and it was her first time reading it, and. The shock and horror of this. I remember reading that scene whenever I read the first draft, and I loved that scene. Yeah. But still, like, seeing him play out the scenario, because like Peyton said, it lasted pages. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, in the moment in Bella's mind, I don't, I would have to reread that part. I really should have done that before. But, like, it doesn't last that long because she obviously doesn't know. She's like, this guy is giving me a really weird look right now. Do I smell? (laughs) I think that's another thing with vampires, though. Like, in Edward's mind, this is slowed slowed down. This is a lot slower going, which is why this takes multiple paragraphs for him to talk about it because his thought process is going lightning speed everything's slow motion to him but to bella this is just like oh a a minute two minutes maybe like this is not 
a whole lot of stuff mm-hmm. like going on. So like that, that's a kind of the difference here, which is why it brings up a good, another good point of this being an Edwards perspective. Like, of course we're see we can like infer from like twilight, the entire twilight series. And then from the movies themselves, cause the movies add kind of yeah. his perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. Occasionally we can infer these things about Edward. We kind of mm-hmm. know what he's mm-hmm. thinking, but we don't know specifically what he's thinking in that moment, why he thinks that. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is now we know why he looks so constipated. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Okay. Which <laughs> I don't totally agree with in the movie. <laughs> it, it, it was okay. a choice. Let me let me just tell you right now, Robert Pattinson Pattinson hates Twilight. That's correct. But Twilight hates Robert Pattinson. <laughs> and by Twilight, I mean me. <laughs> I am Twilight. I <laughs> have hated hated him being Edward since <laughs> the first movie. The first two seconds of the movie. I was oh, just geez. like, I'm done. Okay. I can't. We have the whole he wants to kill her scene and he plays out the scenario and thinks about the witnesses and how many people he would have to slaughter in this classroom mm-hmm. the entire in order classroom. to get to this girl who just smells good and would be like a minute or of two of like pure bliss of him drinking her sweet, sweet blood. Yeah. But then he thinks about because he is just this very like introspective person. He's like, Oh, wait a second. Like I can't do this. I've gone all these years I've, I've never done anything like this. He starts thinking about his family. And most importantly, he starts thinking about Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Carlisle is his father. Mm-hmm. I don't care about his real father. Carlisle is his father. And yeah. that, as you keep on reading, is what keeps on pulling him back. And yeah. I think their relationship, like I, reading this, I've loved their relationship yeah. and seeing and the behind the scenes. And they were together the longest out of anybody. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to disappoint him. Yes. Like he, that's the whole point. He yes. doesn't want Carlisle to be disappointed in him, even though Carlisle would be like, yeah, I understand. But then, of course, like most parents, they give you that disappointed face and mm-hmm. you're really feeling Which it. He definitely does <laughs> a couple of times. I think that's really special. But that being said, Edward knows he cannot deal being around Bella because he can't he's still a vampire mm-hmm. he still has these instincts and he wants to protect his family so he does leave and um, that's kind of where chapter one ends yeah, yeah. and it's like this I mean this point he's just like I hate her like I hate her but I also hate myself because of her mm-hmm. so I mean it like gives you the thing of like well how how did he even end up liking her to begin yeah. with? Like, if yeah. he, he has that one protective instinct in uh-huh. that chapter one, and he's just like, ah, oh, that's a fluke, whatever. And if you imagine it, you can imagine it from Bella's perspective or Edward's. Like, from Bella's perspective, you're like, yeah, I moved to this new school. Everyone is obsessed with me. I'm just trying to get on with my life. I see this guy, and, you know, he's kind of cute, whatever. He's kind of weird. He's staring at me, and then he hates me. Because there's also, um, we didn't mention, but... Is that in this book where he tries to change classes? Yeah, that's yes. at the end yeah. of chapter one. And she like walks into the office and he's trying to get out of class so he doesn't have to be in the same class as her. And he, she knows it's because of her because mm-hmm. he was so weird that whole class period. You just think, I'm in this new school and this guy is already like, I already got beef with him and I didn't do anything to him. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's like, oh my gosh, I hate her because I've been living my whole life this way and she interrupts it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. This is yeah. a decent read. We can analyze Twilight, y'all. Yeah. Come on. 
But anyway, I feel like that's all to be said on chapter one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, it's just like the introduction. It just brings back the whole like the human versus vampire nature. Mm-hmm. Why we think like this versus why they think like this mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And just kind of setting up the whole rest of the book for how things are going to go. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's it for episode one. Thank yeah. you for listening. Thank you. Stay tuned for chapter two and three. Yes. Chapter two and three will be read next time on Let's Call It Nothing. <laughs>